Welcome to a great episode of Sports Matters. And yes, this is the morning after the big championship game. I'm your host, Kevin Drake. And sitting across from me is the famous... Me. Matt Bird Sports. <laughs> How you doing this morning? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Enjoy the Final Four weekend. Though Villanova kind of thought that's how it would play out. I am that- pretty sure most people thought that's how it was going to play out. But for me to see DiVincenzo last night, a six-man, come off and put off 31 points, that's pretty incredible. So hats off to Villanova. Oh, indeed. He was the spark. At one point, Michigan was up 21-14. They were defending the three well. They were doing what they were supposed to do, getting the ball inside. And then somehow this kid, DiVincenzo, comes comes in and just changes the whole dynamic of the game with this hot shooting from outside, uh, just doing everything for this team and just fired him up. And also Jalen Brunson, there was a point too where he took the basketball and he was just smacking it from side to side, get his team fired up like, let's go, let's go, let's go. this is what we're here for. He was smelling a national championship, and Absolutely. he ma- needed to make sure that the team had the intensity, and that's that's the senior on the team, Galilee. Junior, but still, junior. the senior player. You're yeah. right. But at the end of the day, Villanova's champion. The streets of Philadelphia celebrated another championship again. Two months <laughs> apart. How Two about that? Two months apart, yeah. Who knows? The Sixers make a run, then their championship town. Not going to happen. No, but, you know, they're going to make some noise. It's, it's going to be exciting. They're a very young team. They could get out of the first round who knows where they can go but it's just so exciting to be a philadelphia fan right now your your football team won the super bowl for the first time in the super bowl era and now villanova has won their second championship inside three years and now they're an elite company with teams like kentucky who won in 96 and 98 won two championships in three years duke and that 91 through 94 run where they were in the final four four straight years and won two championships back to back that's some pretty good company, company that they have there it kind of all goes to jay wright the coach Amazing. unbelievable job unbelievable he, he is just the, the consummate professional and he's really changed the dynamic of a not so much a dynamic of basketball but the style of play that they play more so i think you go to villanova you'll be more ready fit to play with the warriors yeah the that three, style the three and d kind of team which you know throughout this whole tournament talk that we've had i said the teams that need to shoot well from three were kansas and villanova they shot the lights out the entire tournament especially in the in the game against kansas i think that they were 16 of 32 from three in the first half that's that's 50 percent. that's ridiculous that's ridiculous and that's pretty much like the entire course of the tournament for Villanova. That's pretty much like the summations. They were making shots and they have so many shooters and then they're a tough team to stop because they have length and they got shooters. And when you combine those two things, there's not very many teams in the country that could beat you. But I thought lengthwise, Kansas really matched up well against Villanova. I just thought Villanova really imposed their style of play and Kansas kind of succumbed to their style of play rather than really feeding the big guy down low. Well, I and just... And just <laughs> Not panicking, because I saw that in the Michigan game, too, where they started panicking and started jacking up Illavai's three-point shot. The thing is, is with the three-pointer, for every two three-pointers, you're going to have to have three two-pointers, if that makes True. sense. So it's it's came down to the numbers. It's like, if you keep throwing it into the big man in your Kansas and they're hitting threes, it's just not going to work out for you because you have to score that many more points down low. As long as those threes are going down. They continually work. it does work. allow you to set up your defense so you can defend it better. I mean, I... It was 
wasn't a problem about defense. I think Kansas played well on defense. I think that they just made the shots over them. They did. It was Villanova, very simple. And, and Villanova did that uh, last night as well. They made some difficult shots. I mean, you I can, mean, a thirty-foot three-pointer. Come you on, can play, yeah, I know. You you could play great defense against someone, but they could still hit a shot over you. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's like, yeah, that thirty-three-foot three-pointer that that was insane to see because you see that a lot nowadays in the Warriors game yesterday. Draymond Green was pulling up from that range and shooting the ball. It's crazy that people are willing to let you shoot from there and I'm a firm believer in guarding above the three-point line. Very firm believer. But at the same time, you, you just got to you, keep your man in front of you. Because once keep, he gets by you, then it's uh, yeah. Then, then you got problems. Five on then, four. Then then you can move the ball and such. But if they're shooting it from deep, like Trey Young in the very beginning of the season was sh- pulling up from like 40 feet. It's pretty much almost half court. He's just taking shots from there because no one would pick him up from there, and you can have a career view to the basket. But for me, I think Villanova just did a, an amazing job of where the future of basketball is headed. It's 3 and D, and it's, it's speed, it's, it's up-tempo, and they didn't have, I mean, they didn't really have a big, traditional big man. He did say a big letter right there, D, D. for defense, because Villanova played some extraordinary defense in this Final Four, and that's what people don't underestimate. They think, oh, well, if the three-point's going, then they're going to win, but if the three-point's not going, they're not going to win. However, that's not the case, because they do play really good defense, and their offense, it's a system. They're in fluids, so these three-pointers that they're taking are not just, they're just jacking up ill-advised threes. It's part of the offense. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like you said, they got great shooters. DiVincenzo, 507 from three, but I mean, the the one highlight that we haven't really mentioned a whole lot is they, they have one of those one-and-done guys on their team in Michael Bridges, and he's going to be in a pretty good athlete because of his wingspan. And when you have a guy with that big of a wingspan and the ability to run the floor like him, they're a tough team to stop because they True. don't need a traditional big man where you, you have a guy that can – obviously they have one on the roster, okay? But they don't play through him – if that makes sense, they play through the point guards that they have. They have such great guard play. They use that to their advantage. And so that's why other teams couldn't really guard because you, you have two good guards on your team. It almost Villanova like, has yeah. four. Yes. It almost looks like the miniature triangle offense, but it's such in a small area where you're just you're setting up your guy. You got the one guy just inside the three point. You got a couple of guys, and they just kind of you know move the ball, set a screen. Next thing you know, someone's wide open for three, and they knock it down. It's just it's it's beautiful. They they definitely ran the drive and kick philosophy very well. Oh, the, to a T. So I was liking what Villanova did. I like what Jay Wright's done with that program, and kind of that that's where the future of basketball is headed. It's chucking up these insane threes. And, and taking shots from the outside and three-pointers are worth more than two-pointers. Well, it's also and- the style of play that they're playing. You know, the, this offense, Villanova is a team that can score points, where Michigan, on the other hand, great defensive team, they- but they're offensively challenged in respects that they have an extreme challenge when they're down by 10-plus points to come back in a game where Villanova, when they're down by 11 against Kansas, they have no problem coming back. Oh, yeah. They just have the firepower, that's well, what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing about that is... is is you look at it like this. Villanova is a very small ball-based team. And you look at what Michigan has. You have to run the offense through Mo Wagner, which which they ran the pick and roll. And that's tough to stop when you have a guy that's not going to be as mobile. And he he didn't have the best games that we've seen. He's definitely an NBA talent. Um, so if you're Michigan, you have to look at what you did. And you have to look at what you did in the previous couple of games, and you have to look and start there. They ran the pick and roll so well against other teams, but they did not have 
as much success against it just because of the one reason is they would have to check up more threes because they're playing Villanova. And that's kind of where their ultimate downfall was, was they just didn't have the three-point shooting that Villanova had. And that's all right. They had an amazing run through the tournament. Oh, absolutely. They made it to the championship game. They're only one of two teams have won five games to get to the championship. That's amazing feat. So hats off to Michigan Wolverines. And, and that basketball program has actually done really, really well, too. You, know, you think about the success that coach has had, making it to many Elite Eights, Sweet 16s, a Final Four. So you could say Michigan basketball is back, too. But you're right. The quickness of Villanova being able to defend, make it trouble for teams to get the ball inside to the big guys ultimately was the game changer and then with their powerful offense this is pretty much what everyone kind of saw in America I guess in the final four but I didn't I didn't see Villanova blowing out Kansas the way they did yeah I mean that's tough to see but yeah. I think that the two best teams in the tournament were the best matchup I should say in the tournament was Kansas versus Duke and they put so much energy into that so much emphasis so it was tough for Kansas to kind of bring themselves back down and then bring themselves back up to go play another Villanova Villanova team. So what great memory are you going to take from this NCAA tournament? Because there's so many great things that happen during this tournament. It's it's one of the most exciting tournaments, I have to say, in the last decade or so. I would say the one that sticks out the most for me is UMBC being a one seed because that's never happened. Although you could make the argument of of Loyola Chicago going for that long run. They did to the Final Four. Nevada got to the Sweet 16. They could thank UMBC a little bit for that. I mean, like knocking out the big boys. They they played. who? So Loyola Chicago played Kansas State. They played Nevada. I mean, they, they went all the way through and they ended up not really playing anyone that high tier. You know what I'm saying? Like they ended up playing into their schedule. Worked out really well for them, which you can't fault that. But at the same time, if they played Arizona, what do you think would have happened? Could be talking a difference. You could have been talking. So it's, it's all the cards had a line. And they're also talking about you know, that's the center from Arizona maybe be the number one pick in the draft. I hope he so. will he will probably that's dependent upon a few things. It's like what are you looking for your team to be? Because this is a number one pick we're talking about. This is a franchise turning player. Are you gonna be a three and D type or are you gonna try to throw it in down low to the center? So we'll see. It's it's looking to be Phoenix is gonna be number one, although we'll see what the draft lottery has. Well hey he'll but, be a nice uh, addition to pair up with Devin Booker. Oh yeah. That would be a that would be a very and Josh Jackson. And they were talking now my mind's gone blank, but you're the Arizona fan who is the center that I'm talking of? Because I just can't. DeAndre Ayton. That's it. Ayton. Ayton. Yes. In, a, in Matt's mock draft, uh, which I will only preview the top three picks currently, considering it's pretty far away, it will be number one. We will see DeAndre Ayton. Number two, we will see the man from Duke and Marvin Bagley Jr. Or Marvin Bagley the third. I'm sorry. And the third pick, we'll see Jerry and Jackson from Michigan State. All three have wingspans that are crazy. They were talking about uh, Mr. Aiton being the most athletic big man to enter the draft in quite some time. Oh, he has such amazing footwork. It's just like he's so... athleticism is just unheard of. He reminds me of... He is going to get bigger. He reminds me of the footwork of Shaq, but he can shoot. Oh, yeah. He's got the footwork (laughs) of Shaq, but can shoot. That's what a lot of people didn't realize. Like, why was Shaq so good? Because he was so big. Well, it was his footwork. His footwork was amazing. You, he worked hard on his footwork. 
Andy was just bigger than yeah. everyone else. No one could stop him. Yeah, but, he, he turns and barely bumps you. Yeah, you're going to go flying if you're way less than him, which most people did. I know. He was an unbelievable athlete. Just his footwork was amazing. It'll be interesting to see is what are these teams going to go after. And this draft is well, my memory for this NCAA tournament, it's just how the South region just got busted up. All yeah. the upsets. I've never seen a region like that just get busted up like that. It was really cool to see that. It's, I mean, we always love the underdog. This is just an underdog type nation. You always go for the dog. You always like to see the Cinderella story, the upset. But it, it made for a great tournament because on one side, you got all this craziness going on in one region and there's drama going on in the other regions and then you just got some of the powerhouses going at it. It was just a great tournament well played but I guess the most memorable is the fact that Villanova won their second title in three years that's pretty impressive to do that in college and to be mentioned in the elite of other teams have done this so Boy, Villanova is an elite team oh yes by, by any stretch of the imagination they make it sound like that they're like some small school that just came out of nowhere but no. they, they don't realize that Villanova was part of that big east yeah, right? the back big in the east. 80s that was just huge and Tom knows I mean his NC State still rated right one of the top Cinderella teams to win it all. Yep. That, that was an unbelievable. I don't think we'll ever see a team like NC State go through the tournament and win it. In the fashion that they did. Yeah. The fact that they had a, they were the call them the cardiac pack. Because <laughs> every game, they were down like by like five points. It was unheard of. Almost to a point where you thought, okay, this game's over. And then they find a way to win. That's what was impressive about that run. I know. It was very impressive. I'm a big fan of Villanova now. I like Villanova. They're a fun team to watch. Well, they resemble your Warriors. I know. They're, they're running gun kind of style. And think about it. Most of their players will be back next year, and I'm sure Jalen Brunson's probably going to really sit and, and think back to these junior. Well, he's already won two national championships. Maybe he, he should he'll be think, back. You don't he'll think be back. He'll... I think the only one that I will leave is Michael Bridges. Yeah. Which he's well, he's definitely going to go for the draft. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you, you never know with these kind of things, but... The NBA coming to a close. True. So there's just a handful of games left, five to be exact for most teams. Teams. Rockets are sitting on top with a 62-15 and 15 record. The Warriors. And then Blazers, man. They blaze their way up to third seed. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with. They're playing some of their best basketball in the last, like, 20 games. They're, like, 16-3. and three. Really good for the Blazers. Spurs are always going to be in the, in the thick of things. The one team I wanted to touch on, this Oklahoma City Thunder. What do you think about them? Do you think that they can go far? Um, you haven't really heard much about them. You know, yes, they got Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Carmelo Anthony. So the way it stands, if the playoffs started now, the Oklahoma City would be a five seed and they would play the Spurs. The Spurs. Tough draw. It's a tough draw, but San Antonio also doesn't have Kawhi Leonard, and I don't. It's not. It's looking like he's not going to play for them this season. There's been no rumors or anything like that give me any boat of confidence to change. But we'll see what happens. I think Golden State kind of the wild card there in the two seed, as if their health is kind of a. Uh, right now, a big question. I think that they're the team to beat still. Oh, I, hands down. The Warriors are the team to beat until someone beats them. That's just the way I look at it. Because you're talking a best of seven, not a best of five in the first round. If we have this best of five in the first round, maybe someone can upset the Warriors.
Best of seven? Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Are we looking at a Golden State versus Houston Western Conference Finals? Possibly. Or does Portland sneak in there? Mm. Now, Portland would have to beat the Warriors. To me, Portland is a very good basketball team. They've, they've been improving. And Damian Lillard deserves all the accolades. that he, He's been had an amazing season, although James Harden will win the MVP. But I think there's a couple people that should be in the discussion. I believe Damian Lillard should be one of them. Portland is still a young team. They haven't had this kind of playoff experience where they've had a whole lot of success. It's been more about them and coming up a little bit short, like they played the Warriors and then they played the Warriors again. That's a tough matchup. I don't see them beating the Warriors with two guys that can shoot the ball well. And then we have a log jam down here. Huge log jam. Sixth seed all the way to the tenth seed. So two teams are going to be out of this from Utah, Minnesota, New Orleans. Well, this could change. You said there's five games left, okay? This could change. Right now, San Antonio at 17 games back. New Orleans, who is the 18, so it's Can from easily four, leap from four to eight. That's two games. Yeah. Yeah. So we could it, it could end up being if Oklahoma City loses tonight, they could potentially play the Warriors in the first round. We'll see how it all it ends up stacking out. But I mean, that's a tough draw for the Warriors to get Oklahoma City with those three. But at the same time, I'm not a fan of their offense by any means. I think that they've struggled very like mightily, and they've had a lot of great. Well, the Warriors the playoffs would have started today, they would open with the Timberwolves. But like you said, that could change. It could be anywhere from the Spurs, Thunder, Jazz, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Nuggets, even the Clippers. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't, uh... it, this is crazy. Four games separates the Clippers from the Spurs at the fourth seed. So mm-hmm. tenth seed to the fourth seed. Two of these teams are going to be disappointed that they don't make the playoffs and they have a winning record. That'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. That's what makes the game so great. So after this exciting NCAA tournament, now you get to watch the stretch run of the NBA regular season. Who's going to be in the playoffs? Now, we pretty much know who's in the East. The only team that's on the outside looking in is Detroit, and it's looking pretty bleak for them. Four games out. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. I don't and, think they are either. Uh, there could be a little shuffling. Um I mean, from the 6 to 8 seed, but it's looking like Milwaukee, Toronto first round. That'll be a good matchup. Gotta have the Greek freak in the postseason. I think the the matchup that will be most interesting to me is how Philadelphia will end up doing, because they could potentially have, if they beat, beat Indiana, they'll play the Cavaliers. No, they would actually get the winner of the Raptors. They would get they, the winner of the Rap 4 seed. Uh, Yeah, it's usually 1-5, one 1-8. One That's kind of how it used to be, unless they're reseeding after each round. I don't know. I don't think they are. So if that's the case, they would get the winner of the Raptors. They would have to play the number one seed. Either way, Philadelphia. But regardless, because in the second round, it could be Cavaliers versus Celtics. And no way is LeBron James going to lose to Kyrie Irving. That's the big rumor, but... That's what... uh, Stephen A. Smith was saying yesterday, I watched this little bit. He says, no way LeBron James is is to lose to Kyrie Irving. The bigger question is... Will Kyrie Irving play? True. For me. Uh, right now, he just got his knee looked at. He's, they said three to six weeks. Um, will he be ready? And I don't mean, like, obviously you're playing, you're back. But will he be in the same form as what he needs to be in order to beat the Cavs? I don't know. I can't answer that question. There's too much going on right now. In the NBA with these final five games. And uh, if you were to predict the finals right now, who would you predict? Wow. I mean, coming out the West, 
Houston. I think Houston can get there. That would be kind of like the upset Cinderella, so to speak, even though they're number one seed. But I, I, I say the Golden State Warriors are the team to beat until someone beats them. So it'd be one of those two teams versus, my goodness, I couldn't even tell you. So exactly the what I'm East, saying. The East is just, it's confusing. Cavaliers have been playing well over the last couple of games. However, I, I, I just don't, I don't know about them. If I'll, LeBron James gets this Cavaliers team to the finals, oh my. He is, As he, Ralph Lawler says, oh me, oh my. <laughs> this is crazy. He will, hands down, like he will be the best basketball player of all time. I'll go out and outright say that. If you bring this team that he has now, he is the best player of all time. He surpasses Michael. Between the Rockets and Warriors will be my Western Conference prediction. And coming out of that, I think it could be either or. I, I think the Rockets can overtake the Warriors for the simple fact that they have Chris Paul, James Harden. That's just an elite backcourt right there. They're solid one through eight. They will definitely give the Warriors all they can handle. He's 2,000 off all-time scoring of Michael. Right. He would he will have gone to... But he did something where it's the most consecutive games. I think scoring in double digits. I think that's what it is. Scoring in double digits so many consecutive games. He did not have one well, game where he scored less than Let's not points. forget the, the best fact about LeBron James this season is that he's played played every game once again he's played every game like Steph Curry hasn't for the last seven and a half years James Harden hasn't Russell Westbrook hasn't and I think that's kind of like the fact that you have to look at LeBron and he's 34 30 is he 34 I think he's a little bit older than that I think he's 36 no I think you're right I think he's about 33 34 because he was 18 in 2003 so yeah then he'd be 34 yeah okay so 33 34 somewhere in there yeah but that's most people when you're 33 34 you're hitting the back end of your career you are look at all the people that have gone back past the 30s and look at their decrease in points and look at lebron james he's having a career year and he's gonna play all the games in the regular season and he potentially is going to play all the games in the playoffs it's gonna be one of those things like a catch 22 things it's like after the fact when he's retired people didn't really lie the heavy critics didn't appreciate what he has done kind of what they did with kobe bryant some of the critics most people obviously he's loved out here in la but it's truly amazing what lebron james has done to be in seven consecutive finals and then having a new team a young team that he really has to carry on his shoulders and if he's able to get them i know the east isn't as strong as the west but there are some good teams the 76ers are a young up-and-coming team that's going to pose a lot of trouble it's just the type of team that's just going to make you work hard then you got the raptors who are just playing solid basketball that have been in there you know year after year and then the you know new revived celtics so it's truly amazing if lebron james gets to the finals for the eighth consecutive time but with this team, wow, you're just witnessing a different style of history now, that LeBron James is he writing. He still has his he has his work cut out for him. And his, oh, he does. He needs to hope that he plays Toronto. Because this season, the Cavaliers have dominated Toronto. Plain and simple. If he plays the Celtics, ooh, I don't know. It's going to be high TV ratings. I don't know. Sure. It's going to be fun. That's what makes this sports at this time of year so exciting. We just concluded the NCAA tournament. A lot of people are just like, oh, okay, back to work. Baseball starting back up. I know we had opening day weekend, too. There's a lot, just so much going on in the sport. Oh, I world. know. You know, one of the things that stuck out over the weekend for baseball was the Dodgers losing their first two games one to nothing. Their pitching is superb, but the bats didn't wake up. 
until the third game. Yeah. But they're well, going to be fine. Don't hit the panic button just yet, L.A. Dodger fans. Oh, my this gosh. Is- you remember how we had the rule where we, we shouldn't be talking about base, or basketball until Christmas? Right. Shouldn't be talking about baseball until after until summer hits like until summer hits it's, it's just this these games but are you like you always gotta you know highlight the opening day weekend because yeah. it's it's big in some cities especially my hometown cincinnati they just it's a holiday well they, they shut down they have the parade they celebrate their team even though they didn't play on opening day because of the weather they still did the parade and then they had the opening day the following day that, that, it's a lot of pride for baseball opening day but I, I will highlight the fact that we had some a pretty big piece of news happen been. Shohei Otani? No. No? No, but that is, he got six strikeouts in his debut as pitching. And, and he a got w. his first hit, too, so Shohei experiment is pretty well, but no, it's in the soccer world. Ooh, enlighten me. The MLS. You talk about that player the Galaxy picked up? Zaltan Ibrahimovic. He's one of the elite players in all of soccer. It's like, for a long time, you go back to two years ago, okay, and it's it, not much has changed. Number one, Ronaldo. Number two, Messi. And then up for the after that, oh, I'm sorry. You could flip flop either or. I'd probably say Messi number one. I'd probably say Ronaldo number. I I don't know. I don't even know. It's so hard to pick between the two. But I'll go Messi number one, Ronaldo number two. And then you could go number three. There's just a, a log jam of people that you could say for number three. And in my opinion, it's Zoltan Ibrahimovic. It always has been. He has been such a dominating force in the world of soccer. So if you look at that and the fact well, is. Well, did you see the game when he came in in the yes, minute? They're down three to one. Yes, that's what I was about to highlight, too. They, they looked so. The Calgary, I watched that game and they looked. So bad in the first 45 minutes. And then in the first, you know, 70 minutes. They got a goal, and that's the reason why they brought him in is because. Well, it's not only that, but did you see the goal that he scored? I, I know. 40 from, yards I out. know. That I was, know. It, and the way he just he just bent it like Beckham. Boy, he had some nice spin on that. It just put it right where he needed to put it, right out of the goaltender's reach. He is a dominating soccer player, and I, I think that – this signing, I I just with the Dos Santos brothers and with Alessandrini when everyone's healthy and Ashley Cole, the Galaxy are a tough team. And that's what makes that's what people don't understand. It's so hard to score in soccer that when you get a goal, but when you get a goal like that from forty yards out, the way he bend it up and it, just put it right where the goalkeeper wasn't, I, that just blew my mind. This then, is not the, the his second is, goal, the one that go ahead. The header. The header, yeah. That well, was amazing. You know what? He's done this in the past. I mean, like he he's scored goals like this. He scored goals with Sweden like this. He scored goals like AC Milan like this. He is an absolutely talented individual. And, I, I, I mean, it's hard for me to not put him at number three, in my opinion. Like, of the best players, like – after the ACL injury with Manchester United, it, it was easy to take him off there because he's well, not playing. If you want to catch him again, Sunday, April 8th at 6 p.m., the Galaxy against... Sporting Kansas City. Yes. That's going to be a good game. But it's this is 
when they signed Beckham, there was a lot of buzz around the team. They were like, oh, international superstar come. Well, that, now they just got another international superstar. And the MLS has gotten dramatically better. Yes. Did you see the section in the, uh, I think it was the LA Times that uh, Ziatin put in there? He says, LA, you're welcome. A whole page in the sports section says, LA, you're welcome. <laughs> like, I'm here. Like, yeah. And after what he just did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're you have to go see this because he's such a talented soccer player. He's he's one of the best in the he's one of the best in the world. Just his size and his speed alone. And maybe some of our younger soccer players can look up to him and learn from him and actually see him here in the states and understand. Oh, this well, is what it takes to be great and hopefully revive our U.S. soccer. Well, yeah, he is Swedish. Let's not forget that he's not going to go play the World Cup for us. But uh, no, no, I didn't say that. I mean, just his style of play, how he plays the game. You know, just seeing that on your own home turf. People, you, people you know, are going to start taking shots from forty yards out. Most likely, yeah. I mean, if we're shooting basketballs, you know, thirty to forty feet out. He's cha- he's going to change. <laughs> but uh, that is just such a huge piece of news. That is that I. The MLS is getting dramatically better, and it, it's it's just not, it's just not even like there, there's not much of a comparison to the kind of the growth that they're getting. And they're going to continue. The league is get. expanding slowly but surely. There, yeah, it, and that was. Do you know what they call the the rivalry between LAFC and LA Galaxy? Nope. El Tráfico. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's going to be a. They don't really have too many. Budding rivalries. I mean, you could say New York Red Bulls and the NYFC, but that that's not. I mean, like that Whatever is a little bit. have the Chivas Regal. The sh- yeah, the, Chivas. The, yeah. What happened to them? Are they still? No, they no. They so they're they, a, they were them? a Mexican league soccer team that brought a team to the U.S. I see from their success, um, and then they. There are no more. So LAFC comes in a while later, um, gets bought out by, and so the the ownership for LAFC is the Lakeups, which own the Warriors, hmm. and Will Ferrell and Mia Hamm. And so they they got something stirring there. Um, and they 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 got some really great young players, and we'll, we'll see what happens in this MLS. Once again, it's, it's exactly like we were talking about baseball. It's like you can't be talking about soccer, but you necessarily. kind of want to start talking about soccer in a sense that the World Cup's only two months out. Well, yeah, when it starts. When it starts, I mean, it's already begun. With are we going to do a World Cup bracket on the air? We should. I think we are. <laughs> we need to get Kenny in. Once we ha- once we get once it's at the final thirty-two, that's when we'll do it. Because first they have to get out of their brackets, so. It's kind of hard because you know how they do it. They do the four teams. In well, each. it's kind of hard to make an NCAA bracket, right? It's, hard, it's kind of it's not like it's kind of hard to get this right. through the second round. I that's mean, that's true. why Warren Buffett is willing to give a, one of his employees a million dollars. Well, you have the final thirty-two. We could fill it out like so, so then we could okay. Now it's you know single elimination. Whereas the first round is you have the four teams, and only the top two are going to go. 
No, we're picking into the tournament. You get, you get, so yeah, you exactly. Do, you want to do it. You got to pick the two teams from each of the groups. Okay. And then two of the at-large bids. Ooh, we better. Yeah, better you better brush up soccer. on some. I have not seen very much soccer, but I, I, I don't know. Have you seen much of uh, Anaheim Ducks lately? I have seen a lot of the Anaheim Ducks. They got a huge win against the Colorado Avalanche in a comeback fashion. Very nice win in overtime, 4-3. And their um, season's coming to a close. Hola, Kase. Guy's a stud. Guy's a stud, that's for sure. However, last night, a big piece of uh, the pie was figured out in terms of the the playoff bracket was Colorado does a back-to-back. He go, they go play the Ducks, and then they go play the Kings, and they lost last night to the Kings. So the Kings are now back in the third spot after that win. Um, so the Ducks are the first in the wild card. One game separates them. It's just ex- it's a literally exactly like the Western Conference division. Hockey now. This is Three. the last week. This is Three it. games this left. This is it. Last week for hockey. Well, yep, last week for hockey. Regular season, that is. Right it's now, season. the Anaheim Ducks have 95 points. They are first in the wild card. Colorado is second with 93. But the team you have to look out for, St. Louis at 92 points. So one of those teams is going to be out of the mix if the Anaheim Ducks fold in their last three games, which is probably not going to happen. Who do they uh, have on the schedule? Knock on wood. They're going to play the Stars. Uh, I know that for a fact. They're going to play um, the Wild. And then they'll play. So the, it, the, by any means, they're not going to have That's an right. easy Next road. Next game is against the Wild, the wild and, and then, then they're going to the play stars. stars, and then the Coyotes. Yep. So they could realistically, realistically, if they get two out of the three, they're in the playoffs. Yep, they control their own destiny. They control their own destiny. However, St. Louis controls their own destiny if they win out, and the Ducks kind of. So we'll see what happens, but. Um, well, this yeah. makes for that's what I love. This makes exciting. for exciting. So hockey's going to close this week. NBA will probably close in the middle of next week, as far as regular seasons, and then postseason play starts up. This is great. I love sports. It's just that's why sports matters. It's what makes the world go around, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. And we 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 will highlight the fact that this this the Kings have to play the same teams that the Ducks do. Literally the same teams that the Ducks do, so we'll see what happens. Excellent. I, I'm ex- I'm super excited for the mere fact that this team seems like they're coming together. They're playing well. These acquisitions that they got in the midseason, so hopefully they can go deep in the playoffs. But Peke Rene and the Nashville Predators might have others to say. Maybe not this time. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to be played. There's a lot to watch. There's a lot to. I honestly, I think they are the team to beat Nashville. You know, just after they came up short last year, you know, come back. Pittsburgh, hey, they're still in the thick of things. Flyers, <laughs> Flyers are now in the wild card after being, you know, labeled as and not. It's just so hard. For hockey, it's so hard to win back-to-back titles, and for Pittsburgh to try to win three in a row, that would be just unprecedented. Well, they got two superstars on their team. Yeah. Like bona fide superstars. Genny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and then they surround themselves with just talent. So 
They're good. They also, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think there'll be a new crowd for the Stanley Cup. I don't know who it is yet, but I'm going with the field. If you give me a choice of the Penguins or the field, I'm going field. I don't think that's not a bad play. Of course, we're biased. We're always going to be rooting for the Ducks. I'll always root for the Ducks, but I just don't see Pittsburgh Some of the Pittsburgh Kings winning. fans are like, what are these guys? What are they? they don't King, know nothing King, about the Kings. Kings are a good team. They're 96 points, you know. I And look, at the end of the day, they're sitting in the three seed. And even if they're in the eighth seed, they've shown that they've won the cup. I know. Coming in as the eighth seed team. So that's pretty impressive. So it'll be an interesting kind of thing with uh, San Jose and and uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the L.A. Kings, the Ducks. You got four teams from that Western Conference. Tough, tough times. Tough times, but makes for some great hockey. And now, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering, humanity is for humanity. Austin will be back next week. Just kind of come under the weather there, so I know she's getting her much-needed rest. So she will be back next week, and she'll have a great show for you. And I got to touch up on some UCI sports news. So the men's volleyball team had that uh, that back-to-back against the number one team in the nation, Long Beach State. And they go to Long Beach and came out, uh, had a rough, rough go, but they lost 3-2. to two. It was just a very, very f- hard-fought match. And then they come back home and lost 3-1. to one. So it's just, you know, back-to-back losses, but that's okay. They get, they're they going to do this all over again with Northridge, these little double backs where you play at home, then you go on the road, and then they finish it off with uh, Santa Barbara. Same type deal. So. Wow, that's good. So they could close out strong. You know, i got faith and confidence in them. Yeah, I but, have confidence too. But they played Long Beach really well. Just It just shows you how why Long Beach is number one. And if you want to be number one, that's you got to be number one. Yeah. And that's a tough mountain to climb with those guys. <laughs> and and for the women's uh, water polo, our number seven UCI did defeat number twelve Hartwick, which was a huge win for them. And they're you know you know matching what they did last year, so to speak, with a huge winning streak that they had. They're just playing extremely well this year, just like we said last year. Uh, they're going to have a nice way of getting back to the NCAA tournament and hopefully they'll go a little bit deeper this year mm, we'll see who knows I think that they got a good shot at it that's for sure so what was your f- fun opening day story that you like to tell my so fun like, opening like, day not like um what was the one thing that stuck out to you in opening day weekend did you watch any of the games I did watch um I watched the Giants play I think that was that's the the storyline there is the fact that they scored two runs and they got two wins. And then, uh, um, well, in the second game too, Johnny Cueto, come on, unbelievable He's a great pitcher. And we'll see uh, these Giants. Uh, uh, even Longoria, he's I think he's one or no, he hasn't even gotten a hit yet. He's over fifteen, so he's slumping a little bit. But you know what? It's four games in. Slam the not slam the brakes, but tap the brakes a little bit. I'm excited about Shohei Otani. Yeah, the experiment his first continues. First at bat, he gets a hit. His first start, he gets a win. I, he's it's looking up. He is going to be the best 
thing that the Angels have ever done. Because look at the marketability that he's going to have. Just the the Japan viewership, and then now he comes here, and people are interested in his kind of story. Is he going to pan out? That They hit a home run there by getting him. And let him hit. Let the man hit. I like it. I like the Angels. Hey, you look at his, you know, his physique. I mean, he's, he's very athletic. He's... You know, he's got the size to be a really good pitcher. He's a good hitter. This is going to bode well. I mean, he, I think he would have fit much better in the National League, the fact that he gets at-bats. That just would make the lineup even more lethal. I know. But he, he is where he is, and, you know, for him to pick the Angels, it's 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 showtime, as they say. Shohei. Because he it definitely dazzled in his first game. Would he have seven strikeouts in his first start? Something like that. Well, one other thing that stuck out to me is one of the young pitchers from the Cincinnati Reds, first major league start, goes six innings, gives up one hit, strikes out seven with two walks. Tyler Maley. Hmm. So congrats to you for getting the Reds their one to nothing victory and their first win on the board. Because the Reds had a tough go. They had the Nationals for the opening weekend. And, you know, the Nats, they're the – they're one of the top two teams in the National League, along with the Dodgers. So it was tough for the Reds to open up with them. But, you know, their bats finally woke up, and they got the one run that they needed, and and the rest was history. So that was the one thing that kind of stuck out with stuck me. Over out the, to you. the kind of opening day story, so to speak. I like it. This is shaping up to be a good baseball season. Yes, it is. Otani, I, I got high hopes for him. But he's going to be great. You know, hopefully, uh, maybe with his language barrier, he's not putting too much pressure on himself, and he can kind of shield himself from all the the talk that goes on. And just, it's a long season. It's a very long season. But if he could, he's got some good stuff, and he's got some nasty pitches. He's he, know, he's looking good. A little bit, you know, reminds me a little bit of Greg Maddox wise, just for some of the placement where he's, you know, putting the putting ball. those balls. Oh yeah! It's one thing to have the power and the velocity, but if you could paint the corners like Greg, and that, that, that did. was his biggest. That was his biggest knock in the spring training was that his uh, location. Yeah, his location. So he looked pretty good in his first start. He looked pretty good. Don't hit the panic button. But, no, you still got to play all the other teams though, so they're all going to get a you know a taste of him. Then the next time around, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So as long as he stays. Ahead of the game, so yeah. to speak. Keeps changing it up. Keeps those batters guessing. Yeah. You can see him winning 15 games this year. My prediction. My crystal games. ball. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know about that. We'll see what happens. The Angels have to get some offense in order for that to happen. They haven't done. They got blanked by the Indians yesterday. So, Yeah. You know, the Indians, I mean, they're still a powerhouse. They're just, We'll see. It's you a long. You got Yankees. You got the Cleveland Indians. The Houston Astros are probably the top three teams right now in the American League. You could say, but as the season goes progresses, some other teams can overtake them. It's a long, it's long, a long, long haul. season. You know, health and everything else. You know, it all comes into play. This baseball season so long, six months. <laughs> I know. It's just. Yep, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. You know, you just got to stay even keeled during the baseball season. But you know what the longest sporting season is per per year? Tennis. Yeah, 11 months. There's mm-hmm. always something going on with tennis. <laughs> Even, like, you have 
you know, the majors, the Grand Slams, the four big tournaments. Then you have the ATP 1000, and there's the ATP, you know, 500, 250s, the smaller ones. And then even out of that, you have, like, the ATP 50s. There's, like, quick little tournaments. They go, like, maybe four days. Hmm. So they're always going on. You know, clay, doesn't matter. You know, right now we're going into clay season. So it's going to be exciting. I think Roger Federer might lose his number one ranking just for, for the time being. The fact that he he lost in the finals to Indian Wells, so he lost 500 points there because he won it the year before. And then the Miami Open, he got knocked out early. Mm-hmm. So he loses 1,000 points there, so I think Nadal will eclipse him. But but by by the Wimbledon, you know, Federer will be back on top again. It's pretty amazing. Pretty That's amazing. So do you have to skedaddle? Yep, I got to get out of here. Well, I'll let you I say just, your piece. I just want to say I love you, grandmas. I love you, grandmas. I got to go to work. Bye. Well, Matt's going to work. We appreciate him and his sports knowledge to get your day started off on a positive note. And I'm just going to close out with the Miami Open here. Uh, Mr. John Isner won his first ever ATP 1000 and taken off the German Zverev. It was a great match. Isner came back, as a matter of fact, uh, went into extra in the first set, lost 7-6, to six, but then he just took over with his six foot ten frame and his powerful serve, and, and he just took out Zverev. And it's congrats to Mr. Isner, the American, winning his first ATP 1000, and that's huge. That's 1,000 points. So his rankings are going to jump up there. I mean, he's currently ranked 17th in the nation, uh, he soon will be in the world, that is, excuse me. But he'll soon maybe eclipse Sam Query, the other American who's at number 14. Jack Sock is the highest-ranked American at 11, with Novak Djokovic sitting at right at number 12. So, yes, you know, tennis is really you know shaping up. And then for the women's, Miss Sloane Stevens. Yes, you remember her. She took out the kid, Austin Panko. Austin Panko is only 20 years old, ladies and gentlemen. She is... Already made it to several finals. I've seen her play live at the Indian Wells. She's got a really great game. So she has a bright future, and you're going to be hearing that name a lot more, as well as Osaka. But there's one other name you're going to be hearing as well, and you've heard it many years before. Serena Williams will be back. I assure you, she will be winning a tournament here soon. And when she gets back up to speed again, it's going to be greatness for tennis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, you have Claudia Shambal, Ask a Leader, and you know she has a wonderful show for you today. So until then, all sports matters. (laughs) 